listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. six to 12. Well, we, we've expanded it now. We are open every day, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And every single day there will be live prayer happening from 6 to 8 a.m. and 12 to 2 p.m. And then we'll keep our normal sets um, on Wednesday nights for intercession. But we just want to continue to expand our capacity to journey with God in the place of prayer. Amen. I want to remind us that God calls us a royal what? Priesthood. You don't get you're not like, oh, I don't do the priest thing. We're all that thing. And so we want to create space for you to engage with God in whatever form or fashion he would in, in, encourage you to do that. So again, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., there's live prayer sets going all throughout. But we just want to encourage you to come be in the presence of Jesus. It's not a secondary thing for us here at Abide. How many of you have been with us for a while? You know, prayer is not a secondary thing. A lot of the stuff that happens, like to gather, how many of you were at to gather? 
Man, thousands of us gathered at the Yingling Arena. There was over 4,000 people. Over 16 people got saved. People got healed. People got delivered. That came from a prayer room. Just want to be clear. On a Tuesday morning when there was five people in a room, God planted that dream in the heart of, of a person. So I just, I just want to say, God birthed things in the place of prayer, but, but it has to be all of us. Say all of us. And in that vein, man, I just want to take a moment. If you were helping with the 21 days of prayer, could you just stand for a moment? We want to honor you in any form or fashion. If you gave, yeah, that's you. If that was you, stand up now. We just want to celebrate. Can we just give him a hand? Man, it takes a lot of people to make 12 hours of prayer happen here. I know there are many places that do a lot more. But for us, 12 hours for 21 days was a stretch, but we did it. And we're thankful to all of you who served. You guys are incredible. Thank you for helping us make that happen. I mean, when Marcus was like, I think 12 hours a day, I was like, bro, that's a stretch. But people were in this room for four hours at a time, just stewarding the room and the place of prayer and worship. And we're so thankful for that and for all that God is doing. Amen? So just a few announcements. Um, if you're new to Abide, we have Across the Table happening on June 11th. Again, if you've never been to Across the Table, it is where we, you get to meet some of our staff. We get to go through our pillars. We get to kind of like answer any questions you might have. I know Abide is kind of a unique community. We have 20-something hours of live prayer happening. We have a school of ministry that's launching. We actually just graduated. How many of you are here for graduation? We graduated like 50-something students. So if you want to know more about what Abide is, I want to let you know it's more than just Sunday morning. If you just come to Sunday, I would say to you there's so much more to Abide. There are house churches that meet all throughout the week, all throughout the Tampa Bay region. So we would just want to help you get connected with what God is doing. The entryway to that is across the table. So we want to encourage you to do that. It is the entryway for if you want to become a member at Abide. So if you want to sign up, if you're new, we would love. We, we do these every four or five weeks. We just cycle them through because God brings so many new people. So we would love to connect with you and serve with you. And also that night, um, they're going to be having young adults Jesse and Jamie prayed to lead that. If you're 18 to 32, we want to encourage you to come, get in community, get rooted. It matters. How many of you know it matters? Listen, it matters that you are rooted in community. You think you could do it alone? I'm telling you, those that get rooted in community and do life on life, it's just a different experience for those people. So we want to encourage you to do that. And again, on the seat back in front of you, there are so many things that are happening that we cannot give, like just announcement time, because you forget it anyways. So we want to encourage you to plug into all that God is doing. And um, actually today is, is a very significant day for, for our body. Um, if you were here the last few weeks, you know we announced that Steve and Jackie Haynes are transitioning back to South Africa. They led our school, and you're going to be hearing from them today. And before we, we kind of pray, I, I just want to take a moment to just acknowledge that as a house, God has called us not just, just to be a place where people come, but a place where we send people. It's actually a very significant part of our house. God has brought so many people. If you've been with us for many years, you know we started with just 10 people in, in, in a place down the road, and God has done an amazing work. But one of the big components of Abide has been not just God sending, bringing people, but us sending people. How many of you know a healthy house, don't, they don't just attract, they send. Are you alive? It's a very, so I just, I want to center us around the significance of today. In Acts 13, we saw that there were people ministering to the Lord. And in the midst of people ministering to the Lord, God set apart and he sent. It is just an essential part of the New Testament church. 
So I know that today there's going to be so many emotions. We love them so much. They have been, man, they came right when we transitioned to this campus. You know, God gave us this campus and transitioned two people together. It was a beautiful story. But in the midst of that, God brought Steve and Jackie from South Africa. And we're so thankful for that. So today, I just pray that even as he's sharing, that your heart would be encouraged. That God is doing a work. I just want to stay law for a moment. God is doing a work across the earth. Millions of people just came off of a 21-day fast. Many of you in this room, you fasted for the first time. It's incredible that you would step in with God in that way and, and that you would consecrate yourself and separate yourself. But I just want to say, just because we ended on May 28th at the Yingling with 100 million people praying around the world, God's not done working. You hear what I'm saying? So I, I believe even, even as we were worshiping today, I just felt like God was going to deposit in you guys a significant seed to go forward in all that God has. You're about to hear from a couple that they sold everything to come for 18 months to sow into you. Because abide isn't a ministry, abide is a people. Abide is you. But I even feel like as the word is released today, I pray that our hearts would be tender to receive that God wants to deposit seed in your heart for what he is doing. Amen? And in that vein, I just felt God encouraging us as we, as we receive today's tithes and offerings, just the recognition that God is doing a work. How many of you want to be a part of what God is doing? Praise God, half the room. I'm going to have to preach something different. Just who's in? I don't know about you. I want to be a part of what God is doing on the earth. Even when it's sacrificial. You were here for the last two weeks, man. You know, we took off to gather and we were not going to do service in here. And then even before that, we felt like God said, man, we want you to just give everything that goes in away. And we took up an offering. And I just want to celebrate and honor you guys in that, man. You guys gave. We were able to give $9,000 out of the house on that day. I want to celebrate you. That's you guys. That's amazing. And I want to celebrate, and I, I want to, like, say thank you for being a house that is so sacrificial. So many times people come up and they try to make people feel bad. No. I thank you that you guys have caught the vision, and we were able to send that amount of money out because we know that when we partner with God in the out, it blesses the in. We don't do things to get stuff in, but it's just the, the laws of God. That when we partner with him in finances, that he is going to bless us. So I want to read a scripture over us. I want to receive the tithes and offering, and then I want to let Steve go at it, and it's going to be awesome. I want to read 2 Corinthians 9. It says this. Now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously, the blessings that come to others will also reap generously. Let each one give, say give. Because I want to put context. God encourages to give, but the way we give matters. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart. Not grudgingly, you're under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and he delights in those whose gift is in his heart. And God is able, say able. God is able to make all grace come in abundance to you, so that you may always, in all circumstances, regardless of the needs, have complete sufficiency in everything. I want that. And have abundance for every good work and act of charity. So in these moments where we're receiving and partnering with God, I just want to take all the weight off of you. I just love that he says, man, let every man decide in his heart. 
We never come up here and tell you how much not to give, to give, to give. There's never a pressure thing. But we want to encourage everybody in the fellowship to partner with God. Because I want all of us to live in that place where we are under God's grace and abundance. So that we can do the work he has called us to do. How many in the room are not called to do something for God? The trick question. That's all of you. You are all called. But what I want for us as a spiritual family, I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And what I want for you is for you to be under the blessing of God so as you go, you have everything you need in the going. And according to this word, man, when we partner with God, he partners back with us. Even in measure that we do that. So can we just take the seed and just, I want to pray today. God, I thank you for, for all that you have done. All that you did in the month of May, but here we are in June, and we're thankful for your leadership, for your activity among us, for your blessing. God, I pray over this spiritual family, God, here, that you would pour out blessings upon them as they partner with you in abundance. God, I pray that you get us to a place where we are able to cheerfully give I pray that no one would give under compulsion or begrudgingly, but that we would give because you have given to us. And we want to partner with you in your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Here, here's multiple ways you can give. Bless you as you do so. There are black boxes in the back too. You can give on your way out. I want to call the Haynes family forward. Yeah. Come on now. We wanted to do this in the beginning because we have no idea what it's going to be like at the end. <laughs> you already know how it goes. But we just wanted to take a moment to bring them up and really celebrate them and love on them. I know even on the school graduation, there was just such an eruption um, as, we were, as we were celebrating you guys. But again, just to give context, these, this family sold everything to come here and be with you. And as a matter of fact, when you guys came we were actually like a hundred and something people. It was kind of like, bro, do you know what you're coming to? But I just, I just love their sincerity of heart to go in obedience wherever God is calling them. How many of you know when you come under that kind of a teaching, it imparts something to you? That's why I'm saying prepare your heart because you're, you're standing before a family, sitting before a family who sold everything like Abraham to go into the unknown. And I don't know about you guys, but I was blessed because of their yes. Like their yes to come blessed us. Yes. The, the Bible says to honor where honor is due. I love you guys so much. Yeah. I remember sitting in that office and them sharing, Steve sharing with me, I feel like God is telling me that we're to go back to South Africa through tears because of the love he has for you guys. And Jackie, I mean, if you don't know Jackie, there, there doesn't need to be anything said. Many of you have sat in many offices with Jackie. And she's journeyed through the heart with many of you. And we just, we just want to take a moment to pray over them again because this is significant. I remember we were debating whether you were even going to preach on this day. I said, I just feel like you have to share because it's so important how we send people matters. And in the going is just as, as important as the coming. So we just want to stretch our hands together as a family. Can we just stretch our hands? I believe that they, they had there's a gift for them. Yeah, you guys can come up. We just want to honor them with a gift. But also we just want to stretch our hands and pray.
I just pray that as a family, for real, in this moment, we can just bless them. So, Father, we just thank you for their yes. It's so significant. God, I thank you for their children, even for the sacrifice of them coming and for all they've given and they've sown in this community. Father, we bless them. Father, I pray that they would feel honor in this moment from heaven. Father, the reality is there's not many that would do the selling of everything to go, but, but we stand before these giants that sold everything to come and to pour out their lives for us. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray as they go back to South Africa that you open up doors of favor and blessing. God, that, that it would be doors that no man can open, doors that no man can shut, that there would be immense favor and open doors, God, and authority in the spirit for the region they're going to, God, that it would be like never before. God, we pray for even the windows of heaven to be opened up over them, God for dreams and visions and visitations, God, that the supernatural power of God would go with them, before them and behind them. In Jesus' name, God, we pray that you honor all that was sown in this season, not just in the natural, but in the supernatural, God, that when they would go back to South Africa, that there would be an authority on their voice, an authority on their ministry. God, we pray a hedge of protection around them that every word that would come against them would fall idle. In Jesus' name. God, as a spiritual family, we bless you. We bless you. We pray grace, grace, grace. Grace, grace, grace. In Jesus' name. We thank you for all that was sown. And we send you. We send you. In Jesus' name, we send you. As Paul and Barnabas were set apart and were sent, we send you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and all that was deposited in them in this time. And God, we send them in the name of Jesus to do more than they can think, ask, or imagine. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. Can we just honor them one more time? Thank you, Lord. We love you guys. We'll just leave Jackie right there. Her first Sunday at Abide, it happened right there in that chair. I'm like, it would only be right that on the last yeah. one. <laughs> but again, I know we've had a lot go on. I just, I, I actually want to pray over us that our hearts would be open to receive in this moment. I just, I feel the fear of the Lord in that we don't, how many of you know how you treat the word affects how you receive from the word? So I just, for just a moment, let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we ask you to make our hearts tender to receive your word. Father, we pray that as Steve delivers the word, it would be like a hammer that would break any hardness of heart, unbelief. And God, we pray for fertile soil to receive the seed this morning. We thank you for Steve. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this moment. And we pray that from this moment, there would be lasting fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, man.
<laughs> I came prepared. Um, those of you that are there on Thursday night know that uh, I'm a bit of a feeler, so it's a blessing, and at times I feel like it works against me. But uh, um, we love you guys, and we know the next season is an important one for us as a family, what God's doing back in South Africa. Um, South Africa is an amazing country, and uh, we're blessed to have grown up there. We're blessed to have had a season here, but for, for us, with him telling us it's time to go back, um, you know, in the next season that we have. And I want to share a little bit on that that'll link in with my message. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, 18 months is not long, but what we felt God do in those 18 months has taken us so deep with so many of you. Um, and uh, it was in January this year, we had actually just come back from our graduation in Cape Town of our, our Bible school in Cape Town. And, uh, and I felt like there was something that had shifted. And during the course of January, when we were praying, um, we started to feel this tug like God was saying, the season is closing. I'm sending you back. And uh, it was crazy. You know, it's not something, you know, to move your family is crazy. To move them for 18 months and move them back is crazier. It's just like, I'm like, I fought it. I'm like, God, this doesn't make sense. And uh, we had so many sort of confirmations. And one of them was, uh, if you remember, Stacy Barrett, um, who was part of our Bible school. And they had a farewell for her. And in the middle of the farewell for her, Angela... Angela over there, just like, you guys better get all you can from the Haynes family because they're not going to be here long. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? Like, and she was the first one who sort of prophesied it straight out, uh, what we had been sensing in our spirit. And then we went up to Atlanta to a conference um, near the end of January, beginning of February. And I was listening to the pastors preaching about missions. And I was listening to what they were saying about the nations that they were going to and a prayer culture impacting nations. And I'm just starting to weep. Um, and the reason why I was weeping is that it was like, God, it wasn't a mission for me. It's where I grew up. Um, and I think, I think the biggest thing that God did for me in bringing me here. I'm not returning home. I'm being sent. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's like a recommissioning that God brought us here. And sometimes you've got to step out of a situation to really see God's heart for the situation you've been in your whole time. And that's the biggest thing that I've honestly gotten here is that by stepping in here, He's recommissioned me back but I'm not returning because I've got family there. I do have family and praise God for my family. But I'm returning because he's telling us there's a mission field there. And you're going back because there's something I've got for you there. There's an assignment I've got for you there. And some of you know a bit of our, our ministry and that, if we can put the slides on, um, Jalen. But you, you would have, we put out one of these on, on the chairs for you to have a look at. Our ministry is Daniel Group that we run over there. Um, but really for us, it's, it's this burden that we have for the church in South Africa, 
that in so many ways is broken. Now, now there's no country where there's a perfect church, all right? There's no such thing. But I think for us, it's a burden we carry for the church over there. And a lot of it is in the rural communities or, or our townships, slums, whatever you want to call it. If you go to the next two pictures, bro. You know, this is Kailicha. This is actually where we run one of our Bible schools um, in South Africa. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the poor of the poor in places like that. And if we go to the next slide, um, that's a church. And, and we, we run one of our Bible schools in a shack like that. And it's beautiful because the people are beautiful. It's not about a building. And, and I would be amiss to say, guys, our ministry is not just in those areas. You know, I, I want to make sure that I paint a proper picture. We also minister into different suburbs, planting. The vision God's given us is to plant Bible schools in different places and to support um, pastors in different churches. But this is where we presently do have a Bible school. And so we know that going back, that God's calling us to do that, is to walk with pastors. Most pastors um, have got probably a grade eight education um, never had any theological training. And a lot of our Bible schools is just training the pastors in some of the basics. Um, and we want to be able to come alongside them and be able to do that. Um, so on this is more information about our ministry. And we would love to keep in contact with you. So there's a connect card on there. You can either fill it in or you can do it digitally. Um, if you'd like to pray partner with us and receive our prayer newsletter um, or financially partner, all the info's on there. We'd love to have you guys join us in whatever way, and just keep in touch. Um, you guys have been such a blessing to us as a family, and uh, we know that when we go, we're going with the blessing and the support, the prayers, the agreements, and that is powerful. Just because you're across an ocean doesn't mean that what you are standing for here doesn't impact there. And we know that when we're going back, we're going back with 300 people who are in agreement. How is that? That is powerful. That's saying to the devil, you know what? You don't just mess with the two when they go somewhere because they're 300 people behind. And that's what we, that's what we desire the most is just for that agreement. Um, so please pray for us as we do it. We fly out tomorrow um, from the airport here. Uh, so it's been very emotional saying goodbyes. And, uh, but, but part of us is excited. Part of us is devastated. Um, and so it's really mixed emotions we're having to feel. Um, so you can fill that in. If you want to hand in the card physically, we'll have Madeline, Don, and Tori will be at the exits as you go. Um, but I want to firstly just honor the leadership here uh, for really the way you guys have embraced us. You know, when we flew in, um, Pastor Gio and Destiny came, drove all the way to Orlando. Now, as much as your GPS says that it's like an hour or so away, if you know, I'm like, I hate that road. It's just like, it's really bad. Um, but they came and just greeted us at the airport. They literally welcomed us, greeted us, sort of took us to where we were staying. And they had to get back um, because it was Judah had soccer or something happening that they had to get back for. So they drove all the way there literally for like half an hour just to see us, make sure we we're settled in. Um, and it's been that sort of expression of how you guys have embraced us. Uh, in such a wonderful way here as a family. Um, you know, Pastor Gio's right, we had no idea. Honestly, we had seen you guys on YouTube. Uh, God told us to go. We had never even been to Tampa before. 
um, when we moved across here. So even my pastor in South Africa was a bit like, are you sure? Like, you don't want to do a scouting mission first? I'm like, well, what, honestly, I was like, what difference does it make? God's told me. So, so a scouting mission will tell me what the pros and the cons are, but I'm like, I know God's told me. So, um, so we went through that process. But I, I want to share uh, just a couple of things that we learned here in the U.S. that I want to just honor because I believe it's, it's so part of the culture here. Um, firstly, I want to honor the prayer culture in this, in this place. Uh, I remember we were doing Zoom calls before we moved here, and I would be talking to, um, you know, Gio about, like, Renard, Leonard, Leonard Ravenhill. Let me get the name right. And we would talk about prayer and how the need to be praying. And really, like, God had been speaking to me so much because I've come from a background where, where church can be quite corporate and just going through the motions. And, and God was really speaking to me about just prayer and making it part of your ministry. It's foundational. And we would be talking about it, but I, I tell you what, coming here and being immersed in this culture is beautiful. Um, and I really want to honor you for that because you don't just talk it. I've been in places where we talk it, but you do it. And the prayer culture here is something that we're taking back with us. Um, what, what's amazing is we were like, man, we got to start like, you know, prayer rooms back in Cape Town. And without us knowing it, like about two months ago, our pastor started two prayer sets in the church. And it's like, so we, we're excited for what that looks like. Um, also, I want to say that I really want to honor you, you know, G and Destiny, just for spirit-led leadership. Um, when this guy says, I'm going to pray about it. He prays about it, like to hear God. Like when we're talking about decisions that need to be made, he'll be like, okay, let's come back and, you know, we'll talk about it later. It's not just like, let's see what the best thing is. He really prays about it and asks for God's leadership. And I really believe it's one of the reasons why there's such a blessing upon this house. And I want to honor you for the way you lead in that way. Um, <laughs> unity, well, we all know that's our heartbeats. Um, but that's something which I'm excited for as well, is just to keep building with different churches, different ways. And that's, that's been a beautiful element of it. Um, and then the final thing is, <laughs> the one thing I've learned at this place is, every other God is an idol. <laughs> I like, I, I sit there. We got a bit of a joke with Don and Tori, because like every time it's like, I just got to look out, I'm like, there we go, here we go, every other God is an idol. I'm like, if you didn't know it, you will know it after being here for a couple of weeks. Um, so, but thank you guys, we really love you. Uh, thank you guys for, for everything, the whole leadership team, just the way you guys have been, all the friends, the home church, uh, house church, should I say. Um, it's been an amazing time. We're really going to miss you. We'll be back though. Um, and uh, we're inviting you that side to South Africa. It'll be great to have you come um, on that side. So I want to I speak now a little bit on a word that I is firstly just who I am. Um, it's not going to surprise you when you hear what I'm going to speak on, uh, but it's, it's really something that I feel is a word for what God is doing. And uh, Gio mentioned a little bit of it, and I want to touch on it because I believe it has to do with what's happening today and what God is doing. Um, and so, uh, Jaden, are we able to get the, the next one? So the next slide. Um, so 
if we go back one to the one of the together, um, how many of you know last week was just amazing? You know, it, it really was. And again, Geo Destiny, you guys rock. Like, like, I know that we didn't honor you there because it wasn't fitting, it wasn't the right place, but I want to honor you guys for, for that. That is just amazing. I know, I know that there's a team involved and all of that, but you guys carry it. And, and I just wanted to say, it's amazing. It's amazing that you're obedient to the Lord in it, that you're stepping out there doing it. God is going to take this thing like beyond. Um, and a lot of people are watching it from outside of Tampa. And it's, you know, so just well done. Um, to see people come together like that last weekend is, is really phenomenal to celebrate on Pentecost. But today I want to speak a little bit off that, and that is to talk about the prayer that sends. Um, because Pentecost was not Pentecost without there being a sending element. So together didn't end last week. Together is an ongoing thing of our hearts posturing before the Lord in prayer, but in response to that will come ascending. And that's why I think it's fitting, um, you know, we, we deliberately when you're looking at when are we going to make the transition, we chose to stay this weekend because we knew that we wanted to be together before we left. Um, my daughter was also dancing on Friday night, so there was another reason we stayed. But it was just like, for us, it's saying there's something about when you're coming together and then there's ascending that I believe is so important and I believe that it has to do with God's heart. And I want to talk a little bit about the prayer that sends. And so um, if you'll open your Bibles with me um, to the scripture, it's actually not on my reference here, but it'll be on the reference there. In Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38. It says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so we see, we see the scripture where Jesus is in the harvest. He's already doing the ministry. He's not having a teaching moment. He's actually, it says, he's going around from town to town, to synagogue to synagogue. He's with the people and he gets burdened by what he sees. Because when he looks out at the crowds, he sees people who are like sheep without a shepherd. And he has compassion on them. And he makes a statement to his disciples about what he sees. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He's, he's making a straight statement of what he sees in that moment. He sees a harvest and he's looking around and saying, I don't see many laborers. And how many of you know, if you think about it from a farming point of view, that if there's a great harvest and not enough laborers, the harvest will die. 
It's a waste. And Jesus is looking in this moment and he's seeing his people and his heart is burning because he's saying the harvest is ready and the thing that's missing are the laborers. He's talking to his disciples. He's hoping that they would catch on and catch something of his heart. 2,000 years later, I believe nothing's changed. I believe there's a harvest like never before and I believe our laborers are few. And God is calling and inviting us to a place whereby we will carry his heart for the harvest and we'll respond to the call to be laborers. You see, as you sit here, you are either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. You don't want to hear that. But when Jesus makes that statement about the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, you are either making the problem or you're answering the call. And only you can answer that in your heart. You see in Romans 10 verse 13 to 15, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So coming back to our story with Jesus, he's recognizing the scripture that people cannot get born again without actually hearing a message. They need to hear it. They need someone to tell them. And they need people who will go. Because the link between everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, the link is there to the bottom, how beautiful are the feats of those who preach the good news. You're not going to get people getting born again without people preaching. And I'm not talking about from a pulpit. I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about opening your mouth and speaking. There are people around you who need to hear the gospel. Don't tell me that America is already gospeled out. There are so many people who still need the gospel. Even if they've heard it a thousand times, your speaking to them might be the time that the Holy Spirit just comes and they change their lives. So Jesus is looking and he's burdened by these people and he makes that statement. But then he gives the solution. That's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't just make a statement about, this is how we sometimes complain, where we want to just tell what the problem is. Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, listen, there's a problem here. The problem is we have a harvest and we've got too few laborers, but he gives us the answer. He says, therefore. Why? Because there's a problem. Therefore, pray. Pray to whom? The Lord of the harvest. It's like one of his names. He is the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. So, so God is looking, and again, breaking it down. He's looking at a harvest field, too few laborers, and he's saying, we're the people who will pray. And we're the people who, as they pray, we're the people who will respond that as he sends them out, that they'll go and minister the gospel. 
<coughs> this is why I believe that, that God is sending us back. I've got Marcus to thank for that. <laughs> if we are praying church, you're going to be ascending church. Because it's not just a case of we pray and we hope someone goes. Sometimes you're going to be the answer to your own prayer. So when we pray, we go. So some of your prayers is the reason why we are leaving. <laughs> Bless you guys. Thank you so much. But we need to pray earnestly and we need to respond to his calling. I remember when God, I've been to a couple of nations, but one of the nations that God has really placed on my heart is the nation of Egypt. And uh, I remember God spoke to me years ago. I was sitting in a Randy Clark meeting and he was talking about missions and I responded to the call to missions because I know it's a call on my life. And I went and I was kneeling at the altar at the front and I closed my eyes. And as I closed my eyes, um, uh, I saw a Muslim woman and in the vision changed from that to the map of Egypt. And it freaked me out. I left the meeting. I got up. And I walked straight out. Some of the other leaders in our church were like, where's Steve going? I just walked out, got in my car, drove away. It absolutely freaked me out. And I spent a couple of weeks praying into this, saying, God, what's going on? And then he started to speak, started to show me things. I'd be watching um, the news the one night and they were like, you know, as of today, 10,000 soldiers have died in the Middle East in the war on terror. And as I'm watching that news article, the Holy Spirit says to me, Stephen, what would it look like if 10,000 Christians laid down their lives instead of 10,000 soldiers? And I'm weeping and I'm like, God, we are too comfortable. I mean, guys, I, I really respect and I, I don't want to speak in any way in a dishonoring way. For every person who has served in the military, I honor you. Everyone who's lost someone, I honor you. But what I'm challenged with is why do Christians not have that same sense of urgency? If people are willing to lay down their lives for a political thing, why is it that Christians are not willing to lay down their lives on the same token for the gospel? And this is speaking to me. Because I don't want to die. I don't want to be martyred. I mean, please, please, Jesus, no. But he says, are you willing to if I need you? And, and so I remember I was talking with my pastor about this and he says, Stephen, why don't you go? And I'm like, okay, I, I know no one there. But I was like, let me just do this. I'll go on a scouting mission, you know, just go and check it out. And so I booked a flight. I had one of my friends who was coming with me and, uh, and literally it was the week that I was leaving. Someone phoned me up and said, listen, I heard you're going to Egypt. There's someone I want to introduce you to on that side. And I went over and met this lady and she started taking me around to the different churches, introducing me to pastors. And I'm meeting people. I met this, this amazing lady who, she got born again out of a radical Muslim background and started preaching the gospel wherever she went, in the taxi cabs, whatever she was doing, she would just be smiling. The joy of the Lord is all over her. 
and I noticed that she had scars all over her hands, up here and on her neck. And she told me that she was arrested by the police and they told her you are not to preach the gospel anymore and they poured boiling water over her. And she's forever scarred. But I've never seen joy like that. The joy she carried as she goes and she's like, I am not going to stop. She would continue to preach the gospel. And it blows my mind when you see the persecuted church, when you go to different regions and you see what other people are living in and how they are, how they are processing the gospel, it'll change you forever. Because God is a God of nations. Every nation that you go to, you get a little glimpse of him. If you, if you know our kids or if you've got lots of kids yourself, you know that like almost every child you have is different from the other one. And they, they, have, they have an element of you. Like you can pick up mannerisms that, that are of you. And, you know, some of them carry different things than the others. And this is a little bit of what nations are like. Because as a people, we created in His image. But I believe when you go to different nations, you see a little glimpse of the Father that you don't see in your own place. And that's the beauty of it. The beauty is that every ethnic group, every culture, every race, we represent Him. And that's why we celebrate. And instead of being a divisive thing, which unfortunately the world has thrown in our faces, culture, race, ethnicity is something that is to be celebrated because it shows us the multifaceted aspect of God. And I love that. I love the fact that I can walk into a culture and learn something new. I love the fact that I can go and meet people and see how they do life and how they respond to God and their experience of Him. It opens up my eyes to Him. So as we talk about this, there's a correlation between prayer and sending. We cannot be a prayer church without being a sending church. Amen? But you also can't be a sending church without being a praying church. Please. Please don't go somewhere if you're not praying. Like it's devastating. Like, no, pray. Pray. Be led by Him. But pray when you go. Pray every moment. Why? Because you can't go on mission without Him. I remember we, we run our school in South Africa called the Supernatural Lifestyle School. We actually have 16 people from here coming across in a couple of weeks' time. Pastor Gio's coming to our school in South Africa as well to minister. And I know they're going to get blessed out of their socks when they just meet South Africans. But, but the, the correlation of prayer and mission. We, we would start running our schools, and it takes about eight months of preparation to run a school, even though the school's only nine days long. It's about eight months of prep. But we, we start a prayer um, sort of routine as leaders that we pray for those eight months leading up to the school. And we had like our first couple of schools, we saw maybe like 30 people get born again. And then we're like, man, we got to really increase our prayer because how many of you know you can't have a supernatural school without the Holy Spirit? Right? Like it's embarrassing for me. Like if I invite people, come to the supernatural school. And then if, if God doesn't rock up, it's like, well, thanks for coming. You know? So we started really praying more. And then we saw the numbers bump up 
to, from 30 to 60. Then we started to fast leading up to it, where we would fast once a month or once a week, I can't remember what it was, and we saw that number jump up. And in the last school, this, and this is where I shared this with Pastor Marcus, actually, when we were doing a fast last year. This for me, people always say, well, well, can you tangibly tell me if prayer works? Okay, well, get this. Every school we ran, we always hit <clears throat> about 50 to 60 people who got born again. The one year we actually invited the school to take a day out in the school and fast for the outreaches that we're going to do. We went from 60 people born again in those nine days to 160. The only difference, it was the same lecturing, it was the same outreaches, everything was the same. The only difference was that we had people who were on their face before God praying and fasting and suddenly the, jumpers, the numbers jumped to 100 more. This is why, guys, let's not ever diminish what we're doing here on a Wednesday evening and other times than that. It is having an impact out there. But we also can't get left in here that we're not out there. But we've got to have these two things because prayer, the prayer that sends is what's on God's heart. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. And when we see God's heart for the nations, we can see it all the way through Scripture. All the way through Scripture. It's not something that is like, oh, by the way, this would be a nice little thing to add at the end. No, no, no. All the way. From God speaking to Adam. Go and subdue, fill the whole earth. In other words, when Adam was created, God didn't say, hey, listen, I want you to be comfortable in this little garden here. And stay where you are. No, no, no. God's like, there's a whole world, Adam. I'm sending you. You have a mission. Go into all the earth and subdue it. That's in Genesis 1 verse 28. The father of our faith, Abraham. So this is before the law. So if you think that God's heart for nations was maybe saying that came with Moses and the law, no. Because in Abraham, we read in Galatians 3 verse 8, it says that the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Now, it's interesting that in Galatians 3, that scripture, that it's equating the gospel to what? Nations being blessed. It didn't say that it gave the gospel to Abraham that salvation would come just for his family. No, it says that all nations will be blessed through you, Abraham. That's the gospel. The lawgiver, Moses, he has this encounter at the burning bush. We know the story. He's walking past, he sees this bush on fire, and he stops. We too often, we're too busy to stop when the Lord is like trying to get our attention. I'm like, what would have happened that day if Moses had just said, you know, I'd ignore it. I'm going to carry on with my sheep. He would have been a little shepherd boy that we never heard of again. But he stopped because of the presence of God. He stopped for that moment and focused on God. This was his encounter, his prayer moment, if you want to call it that. And he meets with God that day. And you know what God says to him? Go back to your people. I'm like, that sounds so familiar to where I'm at right now. 
but God sends him back. I want you to go and set my people free. It's a, it's a visual, um, what do you call it? Parody, whatever you'd say, of, of the gospel going back to set people free. He has an encounter with God and straight after the encounter is ascending. Go and set my people free. The prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 6 verse 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then he said, Here I am, send me. Again, the two things coming together. Isaiah having this moment of encountering the Lord. He's at the literal altar of God. Where he's like, God, I'm undone. Woe's me, I am a man of unclean lips. And God firstly purifies him with the angel bringing the coal, but then commissions him. And God asks two questions. It's not a repeat of the same question. God asks the first question, whom shall I send? And then he asks the question, but who will go for us? Because not everyone who is sent will go. So the first one is a generic, whom shall I send? Well, he's actually sending all of us. But the second question is a more important one. Who will actually go? Who will respond to this call? Because the call is out there. The question is, will we respond to it? So Isaiah responds and he says, here am I, Lord. Send me. He didn't say, well, God, that's a great question. Let me go and find someone for you. I'll be back right now. He's like, here am I, Lord. I think when we have those sort of encounters with God, it wrecks us. It ruins us for life. And we're like, God, anything, anywhere you want to do, I'll do it. I will follow you. So we have the law, we have before the law, we have the law, we have the prophets, and then who knows that the greatest missionary is Jesus. I don't know if you've ever thought about Jesus as a missionary, but man, he left heaven. I mean, talk about, <laughs> I don't know, that's going to be just, I was going to say, talk about a cushy lifestyle. I mean, <laughs> he had everything he needed in heaven. So for him to come to the earth, how many of you know, earth compared to heaven, that's quite a sacrifice. So, so he steps out, why? Because he has a mission to save people. And he's the greatest missionary because he ultimately paid the price for us. He then gets frustrated with the church. Why? Because 
the church had got into a place of selling things. So what does he reprimand them with? What does he say? Come on, you guys know this. My house will be called house of prayer. Don't stop there for all nations. God looks at his house and he says, listen, it's not that you're just a house of prayer. You're a house of prayer for all nations. Why? Because he's the Lord of the harvest. He's the God of nations. So when we're praying, our prayer is nations God. And his final words in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He is inviting us, his final words are, listen, the nations are calling. Will you make disciples of them? My job here is done. It's up to you now. And he leaves. So we then get to the early church and in Acts 1 verse 8, what does it say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Come on, guys. This is church. I hope you guys know your Bible. So Jesus is saying that you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And you'll be a witness in Jerusalem. Where's Jerusalem? It's their local area. Guys, missions and nations is not about just another country. You don't have to cross a border to be a missionary. When you walk out this door, you're a missionary. Nations come here to Tampa. So his heart for nations doesn't mean that you got to sign up and fly with us tomorrow. Do you hear me? Because if you get that wrong, you think that everything's about the missionaries out there. No, no, no. You are called to make disciples of all nations in Jerusalem, your area, Judea, which is more the region, Samaria, which could say maybe like the state, and to the ends of the earth. And then we found another story. The early church. In Acts 13 verse 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. And again, I'm bringing these up because I want to show you how many times in the Bible they're in a place of prayer and fasting or encounter with the Lord and the response, the next response is set aside someone. I'm sending them. That's why I do believe it is so important that for us, we're responding to that and it came the week after together. Is a commissioning. And then finally, and this is so beautiful, Revelation. Revelation 7, verse 9 to 10. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So it starts with God speaking to Adam, but all the way through scripture, he's talking about, don't forget the nations, don't forget the nations. And it culminates with this beautiful place where we will be before him, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, lifting him up and exalting him, the God of nations.
That's what he's placed upon us. So what is our response? Our response, I believe, can be one of three things. To pray, to give, to go. As I started off saying a little bit ago, guys, not everyone here is called to go. And that's okay. If we were all going, all we would have is just airplanes flying all over the show and no one's ever settling to do the work of ministry in the area they put them in, okay? So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not making an altar call for you to move country. I'm trying to get you to have a heart for the people, the nations that are right here, but for some of you, maybe he is saying it's another country. But for those of you who you're not called to another country, may you get his heart right here. What does it look like in Tampa, God, that when I pray, you can send me out? That when he's saying, who can I send and who will go for me, that he's also talking about right here in Brandon. And guys, let me say this, and I love it, but it's not just about Ybor City. All right? It's when you walk right out here, right out here. You walk into Walmart right there. That is your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. starting in a place of prayer and encounter. But our response will be, God, may we pray. God, may we give. May we support others who are going. And God, if you are calling me to go beyond my city, then may I be obedient and go. But even if you're not, Lord, may I go here. This is my Jerusalem. May I take ownership for it. May I weep for the people right here. In Brandon, may, may you burden me, God, for the people. Because that'll change you. You know, Jesus ultimately, as I said, was the greatest missionary. But he never left Israel. Yeah, he never left Israel. Everything he did was in Israel. But he demonstrated ministry everywhere he went. And he was up early in the morning praying. How many of you know that? He says, while all the disciples were sleeping, Jesus got up. Why? Because he knew, I'm on mission today. I need to be before the Father before I go. So every day he was living out, praying, sending, praying, sending, and he would respond to it. So my prayer for every person here is twofold. Number one, I pray that you would receive God's heart for nations and for people groups. Let's not become too comfortable in our own culture, in our own people group, that we don't open up our eyes to the beauty of the people around us. And my second prayer is this, is that you would act on it. Do something about it. Pray, give, or Go. I remember there's, I, I, I remember seeing, I think it was a person's house or something, where on their front door, as they were leaving, they had a little sign above it that said, you are now entering the mission field. And I'm like, that's brilliant. It's like a reminder every single time, that's the mission field. When we walk out this door, you're not just sending us. You're not commissioning us. Yes, we're getting on a plane tomorrow, but we are actually sending all of you. When you step out of here, you're going as missionaries. Because Tampa needs you. Florida needs you. This country needs you. 
And it's just responding to his call that we would be faithful to make disciples of all nations in whatever way that would be. And so I was talking with Pastor Gio beforehand. I actually don't feel it's right for me to make a call to the altar because I feel that this is for everyone. Whether you want to accept the prayer or not, that's your, as you say in South Africa, that's your endeavor, that's your problem. But I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God would give you that call and that he would anoint you to walk into the greatest mission field, the greatest harvest field that's out there in people's lives. So can we pray together? Father, we thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. We thank you for the harvest field here in Tampa. I thank you, Father, for the harvest back in South Africa. And for many different places that we might come from, God. Every single person who's here who doesn't even come from Tampa, God, or in on watching online, Father, we pray for the harvest. We pray, Father, that you would move as the Lord of harvest, that you would touch lives, God. We pray, Father, that you would send out laborers. And so, Father, we come in line with that scripture in Matthew, God. That when we see the problem that there aren't enough laborers, Father, we pray to the Lord of the harvest. We pray to you, God, would you send out laborers, Father. Send out laborers, God. I pray for every single person here, Father, for a commissioning upon their lives, Father, that they would walk in what it is you've called them to do and they would impact the people that you put around them, Father. We pray that the gospel will spread. We pray, Father, that you would, you would reach out into the hearts of the lost around us, God. I pray, Father, you'd give us a boldness, a boldness like we've never had before, Father, Every bit of anxiety, Father, that we might have, we pray that you remove that, Father, that you would open up our eyes and that the burden that you carry for people will be the burden that will drive us to our knees and will drive us to go. And so we thank you for the greatest revival that man has ever seen. We thank you for the billions that are coming into the kingdom in the years to come. We thank you, Father, that as we get together corporately in this city and in other cities to pray and fast, that, God, there will be a revival of salvation and souls that will come into the kingdom. And so we bless you, God, and we thank you. Father, I personally want to just thank you for the season that we had here as a family. Thank you for the blessing of Abad and every person, God. Thank you for what you did in my family. Thank you for what you did in my life. We know that we are the richer for it. And we know, Father, that you will use everything in our lives, Father, for what it is that you have for us back in South Africa. And so, Father, we bless this family. We bless every single person who's poured into our lives, Father, that as they've sown into our lives, that they would reap. We thank you and we honor you. And we thank you that this isn't goodbye. But this is until we see you again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before I hand over, just to say we will be here um, afterwards. We'd love to say goodbye to you all. It's not going to be easy, but, um, you know, don't rush off if you want to come say goodbye. We'd love to say goodbye to you. But God bless you. 
Uh, we'll see you. Please pray for us as a family tomorrow as we fly. But we love you guys. And uh, thank you, Pastor G. I'll hand over to you. Just one more time for Steve Haynes and the Haynes family. We love you guys so, so, so much. So blessed. We love and we honor you guys. Man. Why well, I pray we can take that word out, man. That was such a strong word for us as a family to lay hold of. Again, um, if you guys want to say bye, they'll be around. They will be flying across the ocean tomorrow. So this will be your last time to give them a hug, hug their neck. Um, for those of you that are, are just going to leave again, we're going to be doing prayer rooms 6 a.m., 2 p.m., Monday through Friday. We want to invite you to come out. I think Marcus has an announcement. We love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week. Welcome to hang out. Give somebody a hug. We will see you guys in the prayer room, if not next Sunday. Hey, just real quick as we transition out, I uh, just want to remind everybody um, that we are having a lunch for everybody that has helped serve in prayer room up to this time. If you did not get an email for that and you, you, you actually do help in prayer room, please still come over. We've got some lunch for you guys. And if a lot come over, we'll just pray that the Lord multiplies the food in Jesus' name. But just want to remind you guys that we'll be meeting in the fellowship hall. We want to give us time to say goodbye to the Haynes as well as for the children to transition. So if you want to meet us in there at like 1230, we'll be ready for you guys. Thank you guys so much.